Hello, ladies and gentlemen. As you might have already noticed, uh, I'm back, and you are listening to my podcast. Uh, this this happens to be the last, hopefully the last part of the series about the interview with Ethan. This time, it should focus on the vocabulary analysis of the second part, which was in the previous podcast episode. It's a little bit confusing, I know, but this is just the nature of this podcast, isn't it? So I'm recording at the moment. I'm sitting in my room. I'm sitting on this gymnastic ball. Um, it's, a, it's a large ball, and that's what usually people have at home these days. They don't really use it that much for doing exercise, but I think people just keep it, people just use it as a substitute for, for a chair. And I'm sitting on this ball uh, because it's <clears throat> rather comfortable. But you might hear some birds twittering in the background. It's because my window is open today. It's a lovely day outside. The sun is shining. It's not raining cats and dogs at all. And um, the spring is coming, guys. Today, today it should be around 20 degrees in the afternoon. So, a lovely day ahead of me. It's a, quite a busy one, actually. That's why I'm recording in the morning. Because I have got a lot of lessons. And I'm going to play my game Obelisk after one year. I, I'm going to show it to my students. So, you might hear some birds singing in the background. In fact, the noise they are producing is called twittering. So, the, the birds are twittering. Um... I don't know, I wonder if you can really hear it. I mean, I can hear it very well, but uh, I don't know if this microphone has uh, the same gain. Probably not. So I might uh, find some artificial twittering online, Google if you want. But yeah, you know what? You might be, you might be thinking, Zdeniek, are you sure it's the right verb to twitter? Yes, it is, guys. I've just checked it. Um, it's not only humans who twitter. It's also the birds these days. Well, actually, it's the other way around. It was the birds first who, who twittered, and then humans uh, created the computer, the internet, and um, instant messaging uh, gadgets or gizmos, or what you might call it. Uh, Twitter is this website, or is it instant? Oh, I think it's a website, isn't it? It's like Facebook, but it can be used to show other people that what you're doing basically it's more useful for famous people no, no one like me of course uh, because everybody's interested in the lives of celebrities so they just update their status for example they might say right now I'm having a breakfast and uh, two hours after that I'm having a shower I am in my bed with my lover <clears throat> and a people they just uh, um, they just love this stuff don't they if it's about celebrities. I don't think it would be particularly interesting if I had a Twitter account. In fact, I have one, but I don't really use it. Although you might be able to find me on Facebook. And this is exactly what some of you did. And we had a lovely chat. So feel free feel free to add me on Facebook. And feel free to find Zdenek's English Podcast Facebook group, of course. But let's get back to business. I told you I'm sitting in my room, but if I really look around, 
it's a bit disorganized here it's a bit chaotic um, it's in actually this is understatement it's really messy here it's topsy-turvy uh, in disarray in disorder uh, this is uh, what my room looks like at the moment because there are some clothes uh, just um, lying lying about on, in, on my bed um, there's bread on my table which I haven't managed to put back after the breakfast which I had about uh, about let's say eight minutes ago before I started recording this yeah so it's a uh, it's a bit messy here not the football player of course um, come to think of it I like it this way I'm used to it this is the way I live this is the way I've always lived um, so I don't know how about you you might frown upon it you know you, you might not like disorganized people people who prefer mess uh, to some kind of order law and order you might frown upon it but that's all you can do about it I'm not gonna change myself just because you want me to change I can't really bring myself to tidy up because housework is not really my domain it's uh, in fact a huge enemy of mine and um, sometimes we have some kind of battles you know uh, I choose sword housework chooses a different weapon maybe a crossbow and um, we fight and I always win I don't do any housework unless it is really necessary for example if if I get a visitor a guest um, especially if it's a visitor with breasts uh, I'm referring to a woman then um, it might happen that I am willing to work harder and do some chores but really I don't I can't really do this for a long time so it may take me 20 minutes before I get tired and bored with this chore and um, I have to take a break and do something else and then I might possibly come back to the housework you know this is the way I do it uh, I think every little helps uh, this is my general attitude I don't usually plan it really I clean up spontaneously it's a spontaneous decision for me to clean up uh, unless really there is someone really really important who wants to visit me then I make a bit more effort and I put some time into hoovering sweeping mopping polishing and dusting and those sorts of things yeah that's that's what I basically do do some hoovering mopping sweeping polishing and dusting it, when it's really a girl it becomes more than natural for me and everything falls into place you know my suppressed cleaning instincts kind of um, come up again you know they come up something that is deeply hidden something that is normally deeply hidden in my in my personality uh, in my character suddenly it comes up on the surface when it's a girl I'm wondering is this a bit shallow you know that I don't normally clean but when it comes to a girl suddenly everything falls into place like last Thursday I had a female over in my house my friend and before she came I didn't really think I could bring myself to clean it 
to clean my house or, or let alone my room. But it was miracle, listeners. Miracle took place. I stuck with it with some cleaning. I couldn't believe my eyes. I really surprised myself back then. I heard that being able to tolerate a high level of mess, or how am I supposed to call it, it's a generally men's attitude. Uh, men generally tend to put up with mess better, more easily than women. If, if they see something is disorganized or, or something is not cleaned, uh, women, they complain more about it. But I might be wrong because there might be individual differences even among women. So I don't, I don't really want to overgeneralize this. But I think, broadly speaking, this is often frowned upon by women. They go ballistic sometimes, especially the hysterical ones. So best find the women who take it a bit easier. Um, let's call them easy women. Deal? <clears throat> Guys, I have just cleverly and intricately inserted this here. I wanted to make double entendre. Um, I said, let's call them easy women uh, because they take it easy when it comes to cleaning. But what I meant and what most of you, I believe, must have understood uh, was some kind of sexual sexual uh, content or, or let's, call, let's call it sexually suggestive material. Yeah, it was double entendre listeners, because uh, as you know, easy women can easily be seduced. So ideally, instead of uh, some pile of uh, clean, in fact, not dirty ones, but clean clothes, uh, which I have managed to dry this week, instead of clean clothes on my bed, there might be an easy woman in my bed. And when I say easy woman in my bed, I don't really mean the woman who would want to complain about the state of my room, but um, how to put this? Um, she would be willing to, um, let's say, fall asleep with me. Okay? I'm sure you get this. Alright, um, I hope you understood what this was about. It was uh, partly improvised, partly I had some notes written down. What I wanted to do was to practice all those items of vocabulary which I analyzed in the last episode, in the previous episode. I hope you noticed that. If not, you can always stop listening to this and uh, start from the scratch. St start over. Start listening from the beginning. Good luck to you if you do this and hopefully you will be able to notice those expressions uh, this time. But uh, I think most of you just continue listening. Now is the time for the jingle and after the jingle I would love to carry on doing the analysis of the, the second part of the interview with Ethan. Alright guys, I'm still here. I haven't run away yet. I wouldn't do that to you, of course, because I am a decent person. Yep, so let's sit about this second part of the analysis. Uh, the first expression is to hold somebody in high regard. To hold somebody in high regard. 
Uh, it basically means to have a high opinion of somebody, to value uh, someone or to look up to someone, to, to respect somebody. Ethan said British people hold foreign ladies in high regard. Let me give you my own example. Um, and best if I include you guys, my listeners, in this. Yes, because you are the ones that I really hold in high regard. You, my listeners, are people who I value, who I um, respect, who I have a lot of respect for, because I need you. I can't do this without you. I, I mean, I can, but this just kind of gives, gives it much more sense, you know. Uh, trying to record a podcast just for yourself, um, just to listen back to yourself, it's good, you know. It can help you to spot some errors you commit or mistakes you make but uh, obviously it kind of gives you more sense of um, it kind of gives you some purpose when you do it for other people so I have to hold you in high regard even if I don't want to but don't worry I do want to hold you in high regard yep especially those of you who support me who write me emails from time to time people like Daniel Daniel from Italy who sends me emails full of idiomatic expressions and I get lost sometimes when I have to decode these expressions but I'm not complaining I actually like it so feel free to send me any email I like it when I'm down in the dumps um, it's one of the expressions that Daniel uh, often uses in his emails when I'm, whenever I'm down in the dumps uh, I always read uh, the emails from you guys, from my listeners, such as Daniel, for example, and uh, makes me feel better. And for this, I am grateful to you and I hold you in high regard. Okay? This is never easy for me, recording a podcast. And those of you who understand this, those of you who understand that I have to uh, come up against a challenge like this, uh, whenever I turn on my microphone, I have to tell you that I hold you dear. Uh, I hold you dear. Not the animal. I mean the word dear, spelled D-E-A-R. You know, that's the word that you use at the beginning of a letter, for example, when you want to, uh, uh, you know, in the greeting part of a letter. Like, dear dear Mr. Thomas. Dear Jane. Yes, and that's that's it. Yeah. Another item of vocabulary is to know one's way around. Ethan said that he knows his way around in London, which means that he knows the place. He doesn't really need any sort of map or even the navigation system, the GPS. I could say myself that I know my way around in Podjebrady. Uh, I know every single tree in the forest that I go through. Uh, I'm talking about the forest where I record the Road to Civilization episode. And... Um, I ride through this forest every single day by bicycle. This is how I get to work through the forest. Isn't that lovely? Yes, it is. And I don't need a car for this. Number 12. It gets me every time. Maybe you remember when Ethan and I were talking about training that Ethan took part in. We mentioned that he might have met Jack Wilshere in one of the camps. Jack Wilshere is an Arsenal um, and English international football player. Uh, he's a promising star. And um, yeah, and we said that 
maybe the reason Ethan didn't really become a famous football player is that he might have been given a knock by Jack Wilshere. And uh, Ethan responded to this with uh, the phrase, it gets me every time. It means uh, basically that whenever he remembers this, uh, it kind of brings it kind of brings back some memories, and uh, it's a very emotional thing for him. It's like a catchphrase. Uh, uh, it gets me every time. It's like it's like a catchphrase, and the meaning is that you can never get used to it, as it triggers some strong emotions whenever you think about it, and the emo- emotions can actually be of various kind. They can be anger, surprise embarrassment or laughter, any sorts of emotions. In this case, I think it was kind of uh, anger because uh, Ethan might have become a really uh, stellar football player, but uh, sadly he was injured and uh, that's how his uh, football career ended. Okay, let me give you my own example and I want to take you back to my English times, which always bring a lot of emotions whenever I even consider this topic because it's a nostalgic whenever I visit England you know uh, I don't normally go on holiday to the sea or, or somewhere in foreign countries I always go to England for some reason because I think it's the nostalgia because it gets me every time to see the old places instead of trying to see new places I just go and check check up on the old ones to see um, if the places change to kind of have these memories back so I go back to Manor House to Finsbury Park these are parts of London Um, yeah I go to Piccadilly Circus to Arsenal Stadium of course and it just gets me every time you know that's why I don't want to go anywhere else sounds a bit boring I know but um, hopefully I will change my attitude one day but it's just whenever I go to London instead of trying to Instead of trying to um, get to know new places, I always end up visiting the places that that I used to love. You know, it makes me cry. No, not really. I'm not going to cry rivers. I'm not going to cry my eyes out. It just gets me every time, listeners. It does, yes. It's a very emotional subject for me. I'm sure you also have some emotional subjects you could talk about like this. Alright, another one. Another expression is uh, a great area. Again, these are Ethan's words. We were talking about political correctness of uh, referring to black people. And I'm talking about uh, people with African origin. So should we refer to black people as blacks? Is this politically correct? How politically correct is this? Um, In which context can we refer to uh, people of African, African origin? as blacks, even though they are, these people may have slightly different colors than the white people, but they, you know, they have the same nationality, and um, so there is no difference at all between them and uh, the, uh, the original, in quotation marks, the original white, uh, white-skinned people. So, how politically correct is this? I hope you know what political correctness is, by the way. Hang on. I think this is important. Let me find it for you in a dictionary. Might take me some time before I find it because it got lost somewhere maybe. I'm still looking. 
I'm here in my room. I'll try to keep you entertained while I look because this might be slightly boring for you listening to me trying to find my dictionary but luckily for you I've got it this is the sound of a longman's dictionary of contemporary English okay okay let's see how fast I can find this alright uh, using a dictionary is about knowing the alphabet because the letters come in uh, logical order Okay, I'm getting to P. Politics. I'm almost there. Politician. Political prisoner. Hold on. Political. Politically correct. Okay. So, um, if something is politically correct. Okay, maybe let's do the noun. It sounds better. Political correctness is behavior and attitudes that are carefully chosen so that they do not offend or insult anyone. Use especially when you think someone is too careful in what they say or how they behave. Uh, political correctness has had an impact on the language people use to describe women, for example. Language, behavior and attitudes that are politically correct are carefully chosen so that they do not offend or insult anyone. Okay, so I hope uh, everybody is following me now. And uh, let's get back to the original idea so we were talking about uh, black people can we say this really when we refer to people with uh, dark skin is this correct is this right and we are going back to our expression gray area because um, this is how Ethan described this whole let's say this whole issue we might call it it means that um, if something is gray area if something is gray area it means that it is not clearly defined what is wrong and what is right okay for example um, for example in America in uh, America where some people might get offended if you call them blacks okay let me give you my own example I argue that teaching 13 year old kids rude words can be useful and uh, I have to tell you this is a great area this is a gray area not great area this is a gray area it is being condemned condemned by the public and by my colleagues uh, you can never find uh, swear words in textbooks although I do personally believe that they might be useful for them uh, and they know them anyway you know this is the concept of, for of forbidden fruit um, if you uh, know something is forbidden for you that makes you want to do it even more right so um, uh, if I actually had the permission to teach rude words maybe um, children would start using it even less because it wouldn't be forbidden fruit for them it would be too normal and not cool enough you know but because it's forbidden obviously children um, just they just indulge in uh, using this the swear words and stuff this is my hypothesis um, so um, obviously when I teach swear words I don't want them to be able to use them um, I also talk about the appropriateness of using them. I mean, it's okay when you use them when you play football, for example, uh, and uh, when you're angry with yourself or with your team. I think this is normal, but you shouldn't use them to, to attack the teacher, for example, okay? And, uh, yeah, and it's, good, it's good to know the swear words because you don't know what's going to happen to you one day. Someone, someone might uh, actually call you with a swear word and uh, you want to be ready for this don't you 
So, another item of vocabulary, and we are actually staying on this topic. Um, it's connotation. Ethan concluded our debate as follows. Referring to or addressing black people as blacks is fine. The problem, the only problem is that uh, some people have negative connotations. Now, what is a connotation? All right, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up, hold tight, because we are right now embarking on the fascinating subject of lexicology. Uh, lexicology is the study of words, to, to break it down to you in a simple way. Uh, a word can have uh, two meanings, two basic meanings. A denotative meaning, which is the official definition of a word. This is the one you find in a dictionary. And then we call it denotation. But it can also have a connotative meaning. Then we call it a connotation. Connotative meaning, unlike the denotation, which is, uh, to repeat uh, once again about its definition, connotative is about emotional coloring. Uh, so when you say a word, it has some kind of a special um, meaning for you. And uh, you maybe imagine something good, something positive or negative. You, you, you might have a personal experience, personal attachment to it. But uh, even these personal experiences, emotional coloring, colorings, which are usually different for different people, can become kind of uni unified for a group of people. And uh, if, they, if they are powerful and strong, they can spread out, you know. They can spread to a larger group of people. It can become an experience of a group of people. For example, if you look at uh, South Africa, I know it's a, it's a nice place, but uh, the, the criminality rate is quite high there. And it is very dangerous there, and a lot of people die in the streets. I mean, the denotation of South Africa is that uh, it's a country, it's one of the richest, I think it's the richest country in the south of Africa. But your connotation, in fact, may be that this is a dangerous place to live, you know, despite the fact that it is quite nice. So, connotation is like another meaning that a word can have. So, the connotation experience can, can become an experience of a group of people, a small group of people or a large one. It, this can be really dangerous in some cases because sometimes people behave like sheep because this is the easy thing to do, you know, to, to just imitate, to emulate, to copy others. It's simple and that's what people do. People don't want to be bothered. They don't want to go and uh, go against the mainstream, you know, to risk not being accepted by the majority. Uh, they don't really think outside the box. They remain silent and because it's just easier, you know. Sometimes people just don't want to get into trouble. And that's what happened in Germany with Hitler, for example, when Hitler took over. Um, the same responsibility lies on, um, on the shoulders of the ordinary Germans. This is a heavy subject. You know, we, we, blame, we blame Hitler as the, as the head of this, but how on earth... Wasn't there anyone to stop him? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now he had the army of, of the Germany, of ordinary Germans. And uh, why? Is it because they were, they were afraid? Or is it because they thought that what, we, what they were doing was morally right? This is a heavy subject, of course. But honestly, some of the people just behaved like she sheep, you know. 
they just follow the orders because it's easier for them. Um, I feel the need to express my viewpoint here. Racism is pure shit, guys. People are equal and just because they look different, maybe they have different culture or, you know, I mean, if they are friendly, they don't threaten your own, your own culture. Um, unless they really do this, why would you need to be racist toward them? That's pure stupidity, in my opinion. Uh, in my country, we have this gypsy problem, you know. Gypsies um, are a cultural minority in the Czech Republic. Uh, it's a minority, but uh, there are a lot of gypsies in my country. Those are nomadic tribes uh, from somewhere, I don't know, from somewhere in Asia. And they have darker skin, okay? Uh, like tan, tan skin. A lot of Czechs have negative connotations with gypsies. They think they are thieves, they are dirty, they are noisy neighbors and stuff. But this, this actually might be the, the case of threatening the culture of Czech people. Similar problems in South Africa, a lot of criminality. I can try to understand why people are racist. I want to look at both sides. I'm not saying I approve of this, but I just call this regional racism. If really you have problems with, with your neighbors, if they are dirty, noisy, and you have to live with this every day, you can't let your let your um, children go and play in the garden after, uh, I don't know, after 8 o'clock because you're afraid that someone might happen to them. I mean, isn't this only natural that we just try to protect ourselves, you know? If we are talking about some kind of generalizing, super generalizing, I just disapprove of this. This is just unfair because people are, all people are equal, all right? You just have to try to learn and respect each other and uh, the freedom of one person ends where the freedom of another person begins. Okay, I hope you understand this. So, uh, my point is that we can live side by side only if we respect our own cultures. If you don't threaten it, then everything should be fine. Um, I can understand why people are afraid. I, yeah, I, I can, really. Uh, for example, I can understand why people were afraid of Muslims in, the, in New York. Because uh, after what happened, the terrorist attacks, this was just only natural. Whatever you say, guys, I know there are some Muslim people uh, uh, listening to this podcast. And uh, this is, again, heavy subject. I don't want to put a foot in it. But really, uh, terrorism is just, it's just uh, something absolutely unacceptable. All right? And of course... If people die, people get scared, and it's only natural that they that they become racist. You know, I, I I'm not saying I approve this. I just I'm just trying to understand the source of this. Okay, the problem, the the real problem of all this is when people start behaving like sheep. You know, if you have personal experience, if something happened to you, or if you are really afraid, this is justifiable. But if you behave like a sheep, you just follow the others for no apparent reason, then it's cowardly and stupid. I just hate racism. Because when we really start behaving like this way, like racists, we are no better than Hitler, you know? When, when Because one day, someone powerful or someone influential might take over and uh, actually start another war. And we would be on the brink of another disaster for humanity. Just think about this, guys.
Alright? Alright, sorry for bringing this up. I know you're used to funny stuff on this podcast. I just, I just felt the need to... I just felt the urge to discuss this with you. And I just hope I didn't insult or discourage anyone from listening to this podcast. I didn't mean to insult. It's just uh, I'm trying to be honest with you and being straightforward. And uh, this is what you can expect from me uh, at all times in this podcast. Okay, this is my opinion. The, uh, racism is bad. I'm totally against it. But when uh, when people and their lives and their culture is being threatened, I can understand and they become prejudiced. Okay, because I think it's just natural. After all, we are all animals, and uh, we uh, our purpose is to survive and replicate. Okay, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about uh, the Russians who went bananas. Okay, that was funny one. I believe I might have already discussed this uh, idiom on this podcast before. To go bananas means to go crazy, to go mad. Um, it could be said in a positive way uh, to become excited about something, and that's exactly how Ethan meant it. He mentioned Russians when he was uh, in St. Petersburg um, uh, on a trip or on holiday. He met some football fans, and uh, when Ethan mentioned that he supports Arsenal and he knows Arsenal football player Andrei Arshavin, who is Russian and who used to play for Arsenal, now he doesn't play for them any longer because he left England. Ethan said that when he mentioned his name to to Russians, they went bananas, which he, he means that uh, they got excited and uh, they started talking to Ethan and they were uh, suddenly they were very good friends, you know. Um, okay, my example, my example is if you go to a zoo, imagine you go to a zoo and uh, you show monkeys in the zoo some bananas. Well, if they see bananas, that's, I believe, their favorite food, isn't it? Or at least we were brought up to think so. Uh, I think the monkeys themselves might go bananas, actually. When they see them, they start screaming and making this excited noise because they it makes them hungry and it makes them happy and everything. They go bananas because they want your bananas. So, yeah. Don't know if this was the best example. It was supposed to be funny, but, um, yeah, I think it didn't work. Um, there was no pun. It turned out to be an anticlimax. Okay, something else. I'm teaching a lot of Russian students, and I, I always try to tease them with a lot of bears and vodka and Russian winter and everything, just to just to be friendly, in a friendly way, you know, they don't mean any disrespect. So, uh, I asked, of course, Ethan the same question, like, do the Russians really drink so much vodka? And uh, what Ethan said was that they don't, you know, surprisingly, Ethan tried to disprove, um, disprove this stereotype about Russians. What he said, though, was that Maybe they just were sneaky about it, trying to make um, the British feel better. Uh, having secret flasks, flasks uh, means bottles of little bottles of alcohol, knocking it back. Um, so there are two expressions: to to be sneaky about something uh, and uh, to knock it back. Okay, so the first one is 
to be sneaky about something uh, means uh, to be sly, a bit sly in a clever way, you know, artful, artful, sly or cunning in a clever way. I can be sneaky about my podcast. In order to increase the number of downloads for this podcast, I can tell you that I'm a native speaker and pretend and those less experienced ones might catch my bait actually. That would be ridiculous, right? Wouldn't it? Why would I lie to you? Especially after after telling you that I'm an honest person and I will always be fair and square with you. Why would I try to pull the wool over your eyes? Why would I want to deceive you with this? Doesn't make any sense. And that's why I'm not really doing it. I admit I'm not a native speaker. I'm from the Czech Republic. And uh, my accent, even though I'm trying hard uh, to have a British accent, it does from time to time uh, resemble the Czech accent of English language. So, obviously, I'm doing my best here. I'm an English teacher after all. So, who else is in the position to attempt this than an English teacher? Right, the second expression was to knock it back. To knock it back. And uh, this this was when when he when Ethan mentioned that maybe the Russians they have some flasks some bottles of alcohol in secret some vodkas and they knock it back so nobody knows about it really uh, just and they just drink it in secret to make the British feel better you know to about themselves like to to make them feel proud that they are best drinkers and and they drink even more vodka that's ridiculous isn't it. Yeah, but to knock something back means to drink it, to drink it really fast, you know, to gulp, to drink quickly a drink. Uh, similar expression is to down, down your drink. If you down your drink, you just put your mouth to the drink and you down it, you know, you drink it in one go, in kind of one go. And sometimes people uh, dare each other, they make stupid bets about it and uh, they tease each other with this in a pub, you know, friends. And uh, there are even competitions who can drink more beers qu uh, more quickly and stuff. Yeah. Okay, guys, this is it. I hope the th this wasn't a ridiculous episode. I hope you, you can learn a lesson from this. I'm also learning lessons from my podcast episodes because uh, um, I'm learning from my mistakes or I at least try. And that's, after all, the main message that you may get from me today. Uh, don't be afraid to face your greatest fears. Go for it. Just try to face your fears and uh, learn from your mistakes. Okay? You may be shy, but if you don't go out there, if you don't really move your ass and try to speak, you can never improve your speaking skills. It may be speaking just to yourself, recording yourself, and then listening back to it. But you just have to make the decision first. Go for it. I, I did go for it. And you see, I've got my own podcast. I'm not saying it's ideal. I would never say that to you because that would sound a bit cocky, wouldn't it? But it's a try. And it's so far, it's working. So thank you very much for your attention. And this was uh, the this was the third part of the series, which revolved around uh, the discussion or the interview I had with Ethan, my friend from England. 
let's hope uh, Ethan will agree to feature on this podcast in some more episodes in the future. Um, he is a DJ, he even is a producer, he composes music, so one day we might uh, actually have an interview about his music. I thought I could play you some of his songs, could be interesting for you. So it would be an honor for this podcast, of course, to have Ethan here back. back. Uh, so, yeah, I think one day uh, I will really uh, Skype call Ethan again and uh, we will record another interview. Okay, this has been uh, 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 the podcast episode number 52. That's all for me for now. And until next time, bye.